This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day. Welcome to Keep It Simple, the internet talk show, the Simple Truths Radio Networks, featuring Pastor Xavier Reese and the ministry Calvary Chapel here in Pasadena, California. Good morning, Pastor X. How are you doing today? Good, Tony. With all this ruckus that's going on, <laughs> praying that God just give us wisdom and direction for the people of God. Amen. Amen. With us in the studio today, our production engineer, Jonathan Duran. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 160. Can we believe it? 160. On this Tuesday, the 2nd of June, 2020. Time keeps going. Yes. All kinds of things going on in the world around us as we are hopefully approaching the end of this national quarantine that seems to have faded substantially from the news cycle uh, with all of the uh, other interesting events going on around us. But we're praying for God's people and certainly for all the people of this nation to weather the storm and make it through in good order. Uh, and again, we're today we began a, a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about uh, the Lord's instruction to the church from the beginning of the book of Revelation. And these uh, seven letters at the beginning, the first three chapters. Last week, we spent some time in chapter one going through the introduction to the letter and some of the issues. And these these uh, first three chapters are really the, the first section of the three or four sections of the book of, of Revelation. Right. And a great opportunity to address the church situation today as we are. Um, these couple of chapters really provide us with insight into what the Lord Jesus really thinks and uh, his perspective towards the church, what he, what he demands, what he asks of the church. Right. Important issues, aren't they? Right. You know, and again, he, John wrote probably 90, 95, people differ. Um, so this is a, an established um, instruction for every generation, there is no exception. God knew uh, through the person of Jesus Christ here who rose from the dead, first chapter to glorify Christ, um, that this would be all that's needed until his uh, removal of the church at the rapture and his second coming. These messages are targeted for every generation to understand it, to look at it, and to be able to communicate that clearly to others. Um, the book of Revelation is really... Uh, the easiest book, if you want to look at it, because the table of contents is given to us in chapter 1. Amen. The things that are, um, that, 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 he, that he saw, the glorified Christ in chapter 1, the things that are, the churches, chapter 2 and 3, and the church then is raptured in heaven, 4 and 5, and the things hereafter is the third section, which begins chapter 6, till the second coming. And so God didn't trust us to be able to understand the division. He gave it to us so we wouldn't mess it up. And um, the majority of the book of Revelation is really Old Testament prophecies. It really is. Of the judgment. Tons of quotes Daniel, from the Old Testament. Daniel, Zechariah, yeah. Ezekiel, all of them. I think percentage-wise, yeah. probably more quotes from Old yeah. Testament than any other New Testament yeah. book. Yeah. That's wild. Now, last week, Pastor X, we looked through the first chapter and the introduction to the book. And you mentioned that there are four different specific applications for these individual letters. Right, right. You have a literal uh, church that it was written to, local in that day, and they are given to a seven there, okay? The first one is Ephesus, Church of Ephesus. Right. Uh, then it speaks of a period of church history, and we made mention of that. 
so it's church history as it progressed from the first century on to so the a, return. A, a, Section of church right, history. Right, a section okay. of church Pacific. history represented. Okay. And then 30, it represents a type of congregation mm-hmm. um, that will always exist. And there's also a type of Christian. So you could be um, an Ephesian church and be a Laodicean Christian. Inside okay? the Ephesian Inside church. Inside the Ephesian okay. church. amen. So, but, but typically, you know, if we want to look at the individual, of course, the period of time of the church literal of that day, the church history period that it occupied, and then the congregation and the, church, the type of individual. It's an interesting study of church history throughout the last 2,000 years. Certainly not inspired. You no. know, we have church tradition sure. and we have, we rely, for instance, some of the information we talked last week about the Apostle John. We, we've all heard that uh, he was boiled in oil, right? And that's church tradition, right? It's not inspired. We, it's we not inspired. We we're, we're this is what history says, yeah. But we, it's not coming from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's not revelation. Okay, that doesn't mean that it's not accurate. It means that it's not coming from the scripture itself, like the Book of Maccabees. Right. But we do know that he was in the island of Patmos, right? For his faith, mm-hmm. and so. Church comes alongside in history, and they were closer to that period than we were and are, and they give us that information that he was boiled in oil, and having uh, not died, they cast him to the Anna Pamas. Yeah, and that's useful stuff sure. and interesting at the same time, but certainly not on the same level with what we find in right. the Scripture. Important. Yes. Today, this particular section, again, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, we get started here. We're looking at the letter, and I recall from your teaching of the letters that that it is kind of uh, there's a pattern within each one of these seven letters. Yes, certain things that the Lord covers in each one. Yeah, Jesus hits them straight across the same way. Okay. Um, he, he gives the um, proclamation uh, to each of them. Mm-hmm. Then comes the uh, commendation. Then there's a condemnation. Then there's an exhortation, and he finishes with an application. Mm-hmm. Now, the only one who doesn't have a condemnation is the suffering church sardis. Okay. The so only the Lord one. doesn't... When you're suffering, you don't have time to mess around. No, no need to rebuke them. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they get it. Yeah. Awesome. Now, one of the things you mentioned is that there was a historical church of Ephesus, and uh, this would be the same Ephesus that Paul visited, right? Right, right. Okay. It was Paul who established the church at Ephesus, as the scriptures tell the book of Acts, on his second missionary journey. And he left um, Achille and Priscilla there, and then he returned. Um, but he spent three, three and a half years there, uh, an incredible work, before he went back to um, Jerusalem, and then he got himself in trouble there, got arrested and kept in Caesarea um, on the Mediterranean as a, a political prisoner, really. And then he appealed to Caesar, and he was sent to Rome uh, as he appeared before Nero. Amen. Now, the three years, three and a half years that he spent in Ephesus, was that the longest time he spent in any of those missionary churches? That we know of. Okay. That we have on record. Uh-huh. That would be it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you actually have been to the city of Ephesus, haven't yes, you? Yes, it's, <laughs> it's one of the most intact cities. Uh-huh. Um, beautiful. It had a beautiful port. Of course, it was silt up, and that's part of the problem. It's you know? quite a ways from the sea now. Right, right. It's p- quite a way from the sea. 
Um, but, um, you know, those houses are marble. They have running water in the houses. Um, they have uh, commerce, uh, and it was a port city, so they did use all kinds of languages. Um, they used uh, images like the bread for the bakery or okay. different things on the corner, Big on the floor. Yes, so that <laughs> it's, it's universal language, right? And everybody gets around. Um, uh, but again, it was a very um, a huge library there. Um, they have Roman amphitheater still? There? Uh, yes. Cool. So it, it's, it's one of the most intact of the seven churches. I, I think um, you even Some of them are nothing. They're just location. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Pretty interesting. Pretty wild. And you had mentioned before that Paul was the founder of the church, obviously, right. Second Missionary Journey. And he spent a good deal of time there. It had to be really interesting to see, I mean, just the cultural differences for the Roman Empire. Because, I mean, the Roman Empire is corrupt. Sure. It's given sure. over to idolatry yeah. completely. Yeah. It and, ruled, but it, it allowed, um, it tolerated subcultures mm -hmm. to exist within its empire. As long as you didn't overthrow it or threaten it, uh, you were allowed to have the um, benefits of Rome. But if you raise your hand or uh, intend to overthrow Rome, then they made an example of you. And uh, the, they lined its um, roads with the crucified men to trees Amen. to intimidate. Amen. It's fascinating yeah. how the reality, historical reality of the Roman Empire really agrees with the picture that the Lord gave Daniel. Mm -hmm. of that, that fourth kingdom that crushes yes. and how, I mean, ruthless yes. they really yes. were. Yes. And uh, that's how they were able to maintain control right. over such a vast area. For the so legs long. of iron of Daniel. Now you're saying Ephesus is really uh, like a, a major um, trading crossroads. Yes. For that whole area of the world. Yeah, it's, it, um, again, it sat on a very strategic place, um, had a, a huge harbor, um, beautiful highway up from it, 35 feet wide, columns, everything else. Uh, it, it, um, it, it led uh, caravans and, um, through the meandering valleys of Galatia, Euphrates, and Mesopotamia. Uh, they came to Ephesus through there. It was a highway to Rome. And so it was very um, prosperous. Um, it's like any international highway that we have today for truckers. Uh, they were able to get their stuff to market. Yeah. It's the same thing. Amen. Or whether it be the roads of land or the sea or whatever, it be it be airports. So, you know, there's some airports that are very key today yeah. uh, for world commerce and that. This was one of them. And as a result, they're going to be really wealthy. Yes. It's going to be like a yes. very rich city. Yes. Most of the I was looking through, you know, most of the cities in the first three chapters that the Lord addresses, these are key cities. Yes. They're, they're big places. Strabo, the uh, ancient... Um, a geographer called it the market of Asia. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. Now, during the New Testament times, Ephesus had a very, oh uh, gosh, I don't know, a distinctive form of idolatry mm -hmm. directed their worship, but they also, it was involved with their whole business situation. Right. We pick up on that in the, in the book of Acts. Right, right. In chapter 19. The goddess there. Diana. Right. Her little yeah. artifacts, uh, the multi-breasted... Uh, uh, God, goddess, and um, there was a big riot there in Ephesus over that. Yeah. And um, the um, um, the clerk at large just called him to question and says, you know, we have tribunals where you can go before we're examined this day. We would be in question of our gathering. And uh, God just used that. They were going to kill Paul. 
If he had gone into oh, yeah. the amphitheater, they would have. It's an yeah. interesting picture, Pastor X, of sort of the the uh, crowd mentality. You know, when when you have a riot or something like yeah. that, right. how the people sort of lose their minds. Yeah. Well, we have a good example of what's going on right now with people. Yeah, you have people that have a legitimate protest, amen, and and amen. they want to be heard. But you always have people who come alongside and take advantage of that legitimate move and rights of people to simply only bring greater havoc, greater destruction, and to insert their undermining of that government. Yeah, it happens all the time. We see it today. No Amen. different. Amen. They want to introduce their agenda right. into what, I mean, legitimate people want to protest a particular issue. Right. And, Thank the Lord, we got the right to do that in this country. Right. But for the people who want to hijack that, right. like for instance, and we've talked about this, really believe a lot of the unrest that's taking place in this country is more about the November election yeah. than it is perhaps Absolutely. any other thing. This this man who who died in police custody, horrible situation. Yes, that's kind of, that's going to be lost. And, that's going to be forgotten. And, 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 and that policeman is guilty. Amen. And he will have to be tried yeah. with the evidence and all. And he should be. Uh, and, and no one's questioning that. No. No. Nobody. But again, uh, people, the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked. Um, the Ecclesiastes says that uh, for evil to triumph, all that has to happen for good men to do nothing. And that's what's happening today. Um, there is no question that these... Um, anarchists and destroyers can be stopped amen amen if we can put a man on the moon these people can be stopped we can provide okay reasonable crowd control but there's no real effort in taking yeah. place on that amen so um you know sometimes it's those in authority that are the bigger problem yeah unfortunate it's interesting too as we in acts chapter 19 that riot in ephesus you just get a great picture of the whole thing so much so that Many of the people gathered there making a big noise, didn't even know why they were there. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what happens? You know, there's some things that you as an individual will never do alone. Yeah. Where if you are moved by a crowd yeah. and there's heckling, and I mean, you know, I, I was. You feel empowered. Yeah. I wasn't raised in the church. I was in a lot of um, atmosphere like that many, many times. And um, people do some crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, Things that are out of character stuff, for them, really. Dangerous stuff. Yes. Criminal stuff that they would never even dare do on their own because they're emboldened by the, uh, the, the false courage of, of the, of the uh, crowd, yeah. those instigators that are there to move and manipulate people. So important for people to realize that, you know, we answer to God as individuals. Sure. I'm responsible to God for what I do right. as, a, as a person, and I need to, I need to be mindful of yep. that. It's a good thing. Now, as we begin looking at this, this letter in, in chapter 2, Pastor Xavier, you shared last a couple of weeks ago, actually, in the introduction to the churches that there's a, a parallel to this particular, the church of Ephesus represents a particular time in church history. Right. Um, the church um, of Ephesus occupies um, the period of history, if I can find it here real quick. Uh, let me see here. It's from the first century, uh, 100 to... 
I can't. F oh, oh, hang on here. Maybe it is right here. Um, no, I'll, I'll give it to you right now when I find it. Okay. But it, it's the first period of, of church history. Yeah. Uh, and it covers that period of time. And so that the historical aspect of it, um, it covers that first generation. Right. Um, literally, but then it covers that historical aspect of the church that uh, we can see all the seven churches, they have that historical period, and it, it covers it, as mm -hmm. we'll see the other ones. The uh, very first, the very beginning of church history from, from the year, I mean, uh, 100 to about, I guess, the 300, when the really severe persecution of Rome breaks right, out. Right, with Constantine. Right. Yeah. It was really amazing because, I mean, this was the period of time where the whole Roman Empire was turned upside down right. by the truth of Christ. Right. And the gospel went from Israel to Spain and everywhere in between, and the Lord just did amazing things. Wonderful to yeah, see. Paul said the word was preached all over the world. Yeah. The world, the Roman Empire, is, is what he's talking about there. And, uh, and so it's important to not only look at the literal church, but uh, the historical aspect of it, Amen. that it occupies this way. Um, you can see the, the advancement of the church through history, but you see the, uh, the same problems that happen mm -hmm. throughout history because you're dealing with sinful man. People never change, yeah, do they? No. God, the two <laughs> things never change, God and man. God I mean, is holy and God, man is sinful. God can change That's a man, right. an individual. He can change a person. And he changes the heart yes. individually. Amen. Uh, man is always trying to uh, change man by behavioral modification, psychology, sociology, education, uh, what they need is that. Listen, education just makes you a smarter sinner. <laughs> That's, That's all it does. That's all it does. It doesn't make you better. You know, Pastor Xavier, I, I would think that most people, as, you, as they look back in history, even 50, 100 years ago, right now, I mean, interesting place in history that we are. We actually have moving uh, pictures of people who lived 100 years ago. People think that we are different today than people were 100 years ago right, right, or right. two or three or 400 yeah. years ago they were the people were different they lived in and there may have been some differences right. i mean people live in an agricultural world things some things are different yeah but the heart of man right the heart of man right. doesn't we're not change. denying that there hasn't been advancements in technology uh betterment in the uh, quality of life um you know when they were just hammering out things with rocks or whatever uh, now we can put people on the moon. So there's been advancement, but, but the human race has not advanced one iota in terms of its evil. Yeah, and that's the important and, thing. And that's the important thing. Yeah. The problem the world is the way it is is because of man and his evilness of it. People are corrupt. Um, God said us. in Genesis 6-5, it says, The heart of man is, deceitful, uh, is evil only continually. Yeah. I mean, they, he doesn't take a break. I mean, it's on and on and on. And, and, the, and there's... There's no lack of evidence in every nation, every period of history, every household, everywhere. Yeah. It's a scary thing, unfortunately. I mean, if you want to you find out if a person is corrupt, you put them in a position of power. Right. And unfortunately, you'll see it. Now, as we see the beginning of this letter, he addresses it to the church, of, to the angel of the church of Ephesus. And two weeks ago in the introduction, you identified that as the pastor. 
right. individual pastor right. of the church. Right. Because angels don't pastor churches. No. Now, we don't deny that uh, angels could be over churches to protect a minister because we know they're ministering spirits of the earth's salvation. And or that they're involved. Or that they're involved. Sure. They're all over the scriptures, in Ephesians and Colossians, Book of Revelation, the Old, the Old Testament, uh, many different things. In fact, I don't know, this past week, you did a couple of Bible studies that really spent a good deal of time going through the scripture systematically. Yeah, on the talking. armor. Yeah. Verse 12 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. Amen. We don't rest against flesh and blood, principality, power, dominion, darkness, high places. Those are all angelic ranks. Yes. Uh, good angels, but there's also the bad angels on the other side because a third of them rebelled against God mm -hmm. with Satan in Revelation 12, and he drew with his tail a third of the angels. You uh, know, I think sometimes how fortunate we are to have the Lord's protection. I, I think we're ignorant of how protected we are, in, in even in this spiritual warfare. Sure, sure. Because, you, again, we were speaking this morning about the fact that this quarantine from the COVID-19 thing is gone. We're beginning church services. And then out of nowhere, we can't meet Sunday night because there's a quarantine yeah. in the county of Los yeah. Angeles. But Satan is the prince of the power of exactly. the air. Exactly. And Satan is the god of this world. Uh, he doesn't own the earth. The world is not his. He's a squatter. Amen. Belongs to God. But he manipulates men to hold them captive to do his will. And the combination of Satan, the most powerful, the most beautiful angel who rebelled and led a third of the angels is the same individual that influences fallen man who has a sinful heart and sinful nature and is bent on evil. Evil is the rule. Doing good is the exception, though we do have Amen. the capacity for good because we're creating the image and likeness of God. And even sinners do good things yes. from time so, to time. You know, we're not like Adam before the fall. We are marred, mm -hmm. um, but our bent is towards evil. Amen. And we do have potential for good, but none of that good can merit our presence before God. No. Because our bent towards sin nature and the practice of it condemns us. Yeah. We are corrupt. Um, you know, it's interesting. There may be a great many things that the enemy is is doing. A lot of them, outside of our understanding, things we can't see or, or understand. But it's pretty obvious he doesn't want people meeting in churches in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right, yeah. How you interesting know? that is. It's targeted bankruptcy. Yeah. Targeted segregation. Yes. It, everything's targeted. It's no accident. Mm-hmm. If people can fly on planes with masks on for two, three, four hours, shoulder to shoulder. Or longer even, yeah. Or longer. And Walmart and uh, Home Depot can have people in there and children. And they can't sit in church? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's not a coincidence. And there's no scientific fact on it. It's all subjective. It's all by the quote-unquote authorities, which have no authority at all. Mm -hmm. Because Fauci said that the mass didn't help. Well, you got to Then he said they did help. Right. Which quote? And which then quote he said, we well, they're about? just emblem emblematic. Well, which one is it? Yeah. Since you're so brainy, Fauci, which one is it? Yeah. So it's, it's contrived. It's to manipulate people. <laughs> to have people do what the ones in authority want to have done. God help us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you say, uh, 
you let pe- a person talk long enough, sooner yeah. or later, you're going to find Yeah, they dig a hole for themselves. The yep. <laughs> it's great that as we look at this letter to the church of Ephesus, there are so many things about it that, are, uh, that we can apply to ourselves, to ourselves individually, mm. to the church here sure. in Pasadena, sure. to the church all over the world today, yeah. things that we need to know and understand, not only in the first yeah. century. And important for us to understand this message. This is not from the Apostle John. Right. This is this is the Lord Himself right, right. speaking. The chain of command there is in chapter one. Amen. The Father gives it to the Son, the Son to the angel, the angel to John, and John gives it to us. Now, one of the things that shows up in each one of these letters is the specific description of Jesus mm-hmm. and how that relates to the church. And and again, here in in verse one, yeah. uh, if if I'll let me read it. Uh, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the middle of the seven golden lampstands. That's the description of Christ here for us. And every one of these descriptions that he will give of himself to each of the churches comes out of chapter Mm 1. And he's the one that's holding the churches in his hand. He's the one that's the head of the church. He's the one that wants to be in control of the church. But he doesn't force people. So he gives warning, he gives instruction, he expects obedience, but then he gives warning if there's no obedience and if there's no repentance. And so here when he says, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the right hand speaks of the place of authority, rule. It's Jesus Christ. The mystery of the seven churches is explained uh, to us by Jesus. They are the angels of the seven churches. In Revelation 120, mm-hmm. and the word whole is used of in the genitive case, the Greek scholars tell us, expressing a part of the whole that you are holding. But in the accusative, as it is here, it means the whole object being gripped. In this context, the church is to be under the control of Jesus Christ. Amen. He's Lord. He's the head of the church. Ephesians, head of the church. We're the body. Amen. And, you know, Pastor X, you, you share, I mean, there's a lot of opposition against the church today, obviously. Um, some of it's public, some of it's under, under the radar. But the most uh, destructive opposition to the church comes from within. Yes. From inside. The, the greater enemy is always within. Yeah. Benedict Arnold yeah. was from within. Almost gave up the United States to the English crown. Handed over West Point. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it's no different. Judas Iscariot was from within. Yeah. Judas Iscariots are not outside the church. They're inside the church. Benedict Arnold's are inside the church. Yeah. In the book of Nehemiah, Sam Ballot, and, and Tobiah and all of them. And the crazy thing, Pastor X, is there's a whole huge part of the church that, I mean, their attitude is, it is uh, it's wrong for us to be critical of people in the church. Yes. Or to look at them critically. And, to, and you know, and this yeah. is what the Lord told yeah. us to do yeah. throughout the Scripture. Yeah. Well, throughout the Scripture, we see that God calls prophets to call people back to Him. Mm-hmm. They called out the kings that were corrupt. They called out the priesthood that was corrupt. They called out the people that were corrupt. And so you cannot read any book in the Bible, whether it be the Old Testament or New, and say that we cannot make criticism of the evil in the world whether it be to those in authority, whether it be to those in education, whether it be to those who are just common people. We are to do that. We're to warn. We're to instruct others. 
And you see that straight across. But because people have become so politically correct today, mm-hmm. and we've gone through a great cultural revolution um, after the sexual revolution of the 60s, they began just living for material things and rationalism, and all of a sudden we became very educated and we found psychology and low self-esteem and we have to believe in ourselves and love ourselves first. And the problem is we do love ourselves. <laughs> Too much. No one hates themselves. <laughs> no one gets up in the morning, looks in the mirror and says, you are ugly. <laughs> no. In fact, if I took a picture of, of you, you, you'd say, man, that doesn't look like me. No, that's you. <laughs> that's because what you we look think, like. Because we think we're a little much better looking. Okay? And so with all this self-enamored love through the education of humanism that does not believe the evil of heart of man, mm-hmm. then you've got the change. Now then it moves into, you know, this uh, dysfunctionalism yes. with codependent, enabling, and, you know, and what is it? It gives you a victim society. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a victim. Nobody's at fault. No, you are at fault for everything in your life. Amen. Now we understand there are some people that are victims of a, of a murder or of a rape or an sure. injustice. Sure. We're not denying those yeah. things. But the majority of the things that come into our life, we have brought them on ourselves by choice, mm-hmm. by decision making. Whether it be our own doing or the influence of others that we allowed to coerce us or whatever. We made the decision solely on our own or in company and partnership with someone else. So we cannot say, I didn't do it. No, you did do it. Yeah. I didn't know. No, you did. You, you maybe did. You, you thought you can get away with it. That's what you thought. Yeah. And now you're busted. And now you're trying to blame somebody else. Yeah, most situations make it pretty clear. There's plenty of responsibility to go around. Yes. You know, you bear some responsibility. So following the description of Jesus here, the beginning of chapter 2, we have the commendation, which is it's important that we make a distinction between condemnation. Yes. This, is, this, is the, uh, this is the good things that the church of Ephesus. And it's it's pretty extensive right. for this particular right. church, Pastor Xavier. Yeah. And again, uh, condemnation in the sense of judgment. Right. But the commendation comes first. Right. He's going to commend them for the positive things they're doing, the things that are pleasing to God, the things that are good towards society and the world yeah. to further the gospel and to bring people into the kingdom of God. Um, he knew that they were... Um, that we're doing in the present and in the past. Nothing escapes in there in verse 2. I know. He knows everything. Amen. And he makes a, a pretty a specific list in this. Uh, let's see. You cannot bear with those who are evil. Yes. They were critically minded. Once again, yes. Objective, truth, your critical thinker. There's right and wrong. Today, everything is blurred with relativism, situational ethics, value clarification. And so people don't think that fornication is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Homosexuality is not wrong. It's whatever turns you on. And you have no right to judge it. That's because people have eliminated God from society. Exactly. They have just put him away. Because if they really believe there's a God, their life would be frightening 
That means they are going to have to give an account one day for everything they said, everything they did, everything they thought. And that would scare the eebie-jeebies out of them. That's the whole thing, accountability. Yep. He says, you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. Right. Now, this again... For those people who think we shouldn't be critical or be critically minded toward the church, yeah. this is a departure. Jesus right. is commending these people right. for being critically minded, right. for looking at other churches yeah. and finding inconsistencies with the scripture. Right. And this is where a lot of people go to church and they read the Bible subjectively. In other words, they really don't look at the critical objective truth that's being proclaimed and revealed. But they subjectively interpret it with their own emotion, with their own culture, with their own goodness of man. And so they really do away with the actual literal revelation of that statement. Amen. And they, they, in effect, are saying that they are more patient, more merciful, more loving, and more forgiving than God. That's Amen. what they're saying. Yeah. Well, this is what Jesus criticized the uh, the religious leaders about. Sure. He says, you've taken the, your teaching as inspired, the doctrines and commandments of men. For the doctrines of God. And you have taken yeah. the word of God. You've replaced it. Yeah. yeah. Word things. of God convicts us. It shows me. Uh, the word of God is a mirror. Um, and that mirror shows me who I really am mm -hmm. as a sinner. And that's uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, and that's not a pretty picture. No. But he does that, that I may agree with God that I might turn to God and ask him to change my life. The world doesn't give you a mirror. The world paints a picture of you that they believe you will like, and then they show it to you and say, man, I look good. <laughs> they don't give you a mirror. Yeah. The world lies to you, and people love to be lied to because it's all about feeling, emotions, mm -hmm. which has no objective truth in it just like all the stuff that they they say is scientific today there's no scientific fact on nothing it's yeah. just emotion and power that's all he says some other things here that are i'm more general but i mean very encouraging you have persevered you right. have patience you have labored for my namesake and have not become weary Right. Those are great qualities sure. of the church. And these are people who, again, lived in a real world, a Roman world that was a corrupt world, mm -hmm. a world that hated them, a world that persecuted many of them. Uh, they suffered much, but they didn't tolerate evil. They didn't go along with it. They didn't rationalize it. They didn't uh, not judge it, but they exposed it with the love of God that they might repent so we don't reveal the darkness in the air or the wrong of something simply to make people feel miserable. Mm -hmm. Our motive is agape love that you might see the miserable condition you're in before you die because when you die, there is no way of having a second chance to go to heaven and be forgiven. When you die, it's, it's finalized. If you don't know Jesus Christ when you die, then you will be eternally separated from God. And then when you're judged for your sins, then you'll be sentenced for the evil of your life. Amen. For all eternity. People don't like that. Tough. Well, it's reality. It's the way it, it is. Yeah, it is. There are consequences. Um, as you look at this list, though, it's pretty impressive. I mean, this is the kind of church you would like to go to. Sure. 
where all these things are, and this is the Lord. The yeah. Lord is telling them this. It's He's not exaggerating. This is not a no. uh, embellishment. No. This is not hyperbole. This is a fact. He's commending them completely. Which, which makes it, I mean, all the more striking that his criticism, his condemnation yes. of them is what it is. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And we'll be right back with you after these messages. Have you ever wondered what the Bible says about the rapture or angels or even about life and death? Well, in the new doctrinal series of the Bible, just released by Pastor Xavier Reese, you'll discover answers to these questions and so much more. In this brand new USB flash drive and MP3 audio format, you'll find over 50 messages included from a sermon series entitled, What About? You'll hear these full-length messages answering numerous questions about God, the Scriptures, and the Christian faith. It's the What About? Doctrinal Series of the Bible, available now for just $19.99 plus shipping from the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. It's a PC-Mac compatible MP3 audio USB flash drive from Pastor Xavier Reese from his What About? Doctrinal Series for just $19.99 plus shipping. Available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. That's calvarychapelpasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. God desires your obedience and mine more than anything else. He doesn't care about your works. But when we put all those other things before the obedience of the Word of God, God doesn't look at anything that takes place. If you and I are obedient, then everything else is going to flow out of our lives, the actions, the works, everything else. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. There are many familiar yet important figures in the Bible who are recognized for their strength and character. And while considering these strong figures, it's important to remember that a number of them are women. Women who inspire not only because of how they lived, but also because of their rock-solid faith. And that's why Pastor Xavier Reese has chosen to highlight several scriptural examples from the Old and New Testaments for a new study series compiled together in one convenient audio CD pack or single MP3 disc titled 12 Women of the Bible, available now at calvarychapelpasadena.com. You'll be inspired by the courageous accounts of Esther, the widow Ruth, the disciple Mary Magdalene, and many more in this audio CD pack for $32 or single MP3 disc for just $12 plus shipping. Look for the 12 Women of the Bible series available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're spending some time in the second chapter of the book of Revelation, talking about uh, the Lord Jesus and his letter to the church of Ephesus. And we actually just went through and talked about the Lord's uh, commendation, his uh, acknowledgement of all the good things going on in that church and all that he did. And uh, we're grateful to be with you here today. Um, and uh, Pastor X, we were, we were looking at the beginning of his condemnation. Had the, uh, actually, this is the articulation, the Lord's accusation against right. this particular, which again, on the surface, this seems to be a wonderful church. Sure. These people had every, they were hardworking. 
They didn't put up with evil. They were critic, reasonably critical of yeah. the abuses going on in the church, mm-hmm. and they stood up and they made it known. Right. And so those are a lot of really good things, but unfortunately, there is really only one thing that he has against them. Right. They left their first love. Amen. And it was the heart. They didn't, they, they, you know, it's like people that um, fall in love, you know, they meet a woman or they meet a man and... Um, and they begin to date, and they grow an affection for each other and commitment for each other, and they're passionate for each other. Um, but then uh, they get married, and no longer they, they, they cultivate that passion. Mm-hmm. They literally take each other for granted. And uh, what happens is your love becomes cold, indifferent, no longer sensitive or wanting to please the other one. And, and it becomes very uh, awkward because then your motives are affected by that. You now, know, now your love is not, not motivated for the other person, but is love for self. Mm-hmm. So their love for Christ was not number one. And when my love for Christ cools off, then it's going to be love for me. When it, my love is for God, then I'll do whatever he shows me and mm-hmm. directs me. And it's not a big deal. It's not a, um, a heavy thing. It's not burdensome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but all of a sudden, I said, well, you know, you know, you know, yeah, I'm older now. I can kind of kick back, and you know, I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore because I've already done some of that stuff. So all of a sudden, you really start two-timing Jesus. Hmm. Um, there, there's another love that's coming whether it be your own love for yourself or love for something else. Mm-hmm. And so this is really what, what he condemns them for. And again, this is the church that went from 30 to 100 okay. in church history. Um, and so uh, Jesus was crucified in, in the 30s, you know, 33, 35, something like that. Uh, there's always a couple of years, two, three years because of the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. But, um, but you're talking about 70 years of church history. It didn't take that long for the church to lose its love for Christ. It doesn't take that long for people to lose their love. People say, oh, you're the best pastor. I've never heard anybody like you. You are this. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just, just stick around. Let me hear me a couple longer. You want to tar and feather me sometimes. <laughs> you know, God help people. I, I, if you put your trust in people and you want to just please the people, then you become a weather vane. Yeah. You will not be a Amen. servant of Jesus Amen. Christ. If you're a servant of Jesus Christ, you're going to be obedient to the Word of God, faithful to the Word of God. You're going to be sensitive to people, but you're not going to be a yes man. Right. You're going to be a man of the Word. And those who want to agree with it, fine. And those who don't, that's fine too. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Too many pastors are weather vanes. Even with all the stuff that's going on, you have pastors not taking the right stand. They're taking a political stand. They're taking a cultural stand and not wanting to offend. And that's wrong. Amen. Absolutely wrong. God help them. Wait, I've heard you say before, you know, that the, the job of, of serving the Lord in the ministry is to uh, comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And that's what I've, heard. <laughs> I've read from other men of the past. That's what they said. Amen. See, he, you know, it's interesting here that at this long list of commending them for their good works, and he doesn't have much to say, 
But this is a really powerful right. criticism. This is yeah. a, this really speaks to the whole foundation. Sure, because your motive, where your heart is, mm -hmm. that's where your treasure will be also. Amen. So, if you no longer have a burning passion for Jesus Christ, then you're easily lured to another love. And so though you may say, well, I still love Jesus, and you may still go to church, you may still read the scriptures, but if you're not, in fact, Teleodosia is going to say you're neither cold nor hot, I wish you were. Yeah. You're in a more dangerous position, you're lukewarm. Yeah. When you get something lukewarm in your mouth, you spit it out without even hesitation. And so when people's love begins to wane for the Lord, then everything else will be out of kilter. Everything else will be out of, out, of, out of timing. So all these other positive things that he's mentioned, those are all questionable at this point. Sure. Because of the motive. Right. Because from here on, the motive is the question. Why are you doing what you're doing? If it's not love for the Lord, then there must be want to be thought as being spiritual or good. Or you're so great. Exactly. And, you yeah. know, it's interesting. People can be very, very busy... Yeah. In all of these things, yeah. and this was a very busy church. Yeah, and they were doing all kinds yeah. of things for God. And, and pastors in history and in the present are great at this, Ooh. especially large congregations. Yeah, they love to be plotted. They love to be seen. They don't want to be thought of as bad. They don't want to bring question to their ministries. They just flow with it. And the bottom line is, it's money. Wow, people equal money. Bottom line, just look at a ministry. If they're always begging, get away from it. Yeah. If they're always using numbers, statistics to make you give, get away from them. Absolutely carnal. Amen. It's interesting. You know, the, the Lord doesn't want to be important in our lives. He wants to be the most That's it. important. Yeah. And Jesus a, said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. He's got to be number one. Yeah. And that, that's not always comfortable. It's not no. always easy. No. Mm -hmm. And again, nobody's on fire all the time. Nobody is, you know, we, we have to check our heart every day of our life. It's just like when you get married, you've got to check your heart. Not everybody's happy all the time in marriage. <laughs> we, have, we have some times that we go through some difficult time. But, Amen. I mean, we're committed. We're married. Yeah. So the sooner we fix what's wrong, the, the more happier we're going to be. You know... Speaking of marriage, I don't just don't see how people who don't have the Lord are able to to do it. They don't. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean the Lord because it is my love for Christ that makes me acknowledge my failures sure. and my shortcomings yeah, yeah. and to deal with things at home. Yeah, and when two people understand that and they're committed to the Lord, then the marriage works. Amen. Never perfect, never sinless, mm -hmm. but you realize that you're both debtors and that God has saved you both by grace and that both of you deserve hell, but because of your agreement with God that he died for your sins and that if you acknowledge that sin and confess that sin and abandon that sin, then he will cleanse you from that sin. Mm -hmm. And then you can enjoy life. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. First, peace with God and salvation, the peace of God for life through all the difficulty, through the good times. But but it's not based on happiness as the world. Happiness in the world is based upon emotions and feelings and what you have and what you don't have and yeah. comparisons and envy and strife. True happiness 
in Christianity comes from the joy from within Amen. of who we have, Jesus Christ, right. and our commitment to Him. That is true, true happiness. And even right sense. now, you know, so many of the people in our country are in terrible financial situations. Yes. And people, a lot of believers in Christ looking at the possibility of going bankrupt and yes. losing their businesses and because of all kinds of different problems, mostly this coronavirus thing. Yeah. But um, in the Lord, you know, they have the Lord. They're walking with sure. the Lord. And, and all of us know as Christians, we've been, we've been declaring this for 46 years yeah. in my life. 40 as a pastor here at Pasadena with Alhambra, the beginning stages, that, that the Antichrist is coming. Amen. The world is going to move on, and there's going to be just economic collapse. There's going to be, um, this man's going to have all the solutions of the world, military, financially, um, spiritually, everything. And he's going to have all the information at the flick of his finger, and uh, he's going to demand that everybody worship him, take his number, and even now, they're talking about a chip they want to give to everybody. Um, now, this chip is not the Antichrist chip because he's not present. Right. He will give that in the middle of the tribulation, which marks the great tribulation, yeah. the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet in Matthew twenty-four fifteen that Jesus speaks about. And so the church is here, and when the Lord removes the church, then the day of the Lord begins. Then... The tribulation begins, not before. So it doesn't it doesn't exempt us as believers from perhaps going through some horrible things. Mm -hmm. All right? But we will not go through the tribulation and great tribulation. Amen. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 5 9 and 1 Thessalonians 5 9 and Revelation 3 10 says, the hour with the article, the seven years. And that's the awesome thing about the Lord, you know. He, he has the plan for us. He has a, a future and a hope yes. that will be able to bring us through and, and sustain us. And here in, in verse 5, after confronting them with this terrible shortcoming that they have left their first love, he gives them an exhortation. Yes, yes. He, he gives them direction. Uh, verse 5, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. And when he says that, he's talking about affecting their situation. Sure, the sure. What does that mean? In other words, what they're doing is not right. Right. It doesn't have the right motive. The action could be right, but if the motive is wrong, the action is really wrong. Yeah. Okay? Uh, if you have the right motive, though the action may not be the correct one, What's credited is the motive, your intent. Yeah. So he's telling them to remember from where you're fallen. In other words, they have departed from a position they were once at one time. They have left their first love. Jesus is no longer the number one priority here. The will of God is no longer the priority. He says, remember from where you have fallen. And then he says, repent. To change your mind, Amen. make a U-turn, 180 degrees. And then, if you really have repented genuinely, then redo your first words. Your passion will be for God again. Mm -hmm. And you'll begin to do the same thing that you for the, for the right reasons, for the right motives. You'll be doing works not to be seen of men, but you'll be doing works because God directs and guides you, and you see them come to the Lord. That's important. And so he's, he's providing them, in one sense, with a remedy. 
Right. And and also an understanding of the consequence involved. Yeah. But the problem with man is that it means that I have to acknowledge that I was wrong. Yes. I have to acknowledge that I missed That's the mark. That's where you start. That's where sin means. Sin yes. means missing the mark. So it's the pride of man that says, well, I, you know, I, I mean, I know I wasn't all together, right? But I mean, I, but I wasn't wrong. Right. Or, right. yeah, I, I know I made some mistakes, but. Yeah, right. You know, right. and, and uh, but that's not going to get But it. that's the heart of man. So, yeah. but the Lord um, woos them back. But it's a free will. These are Christians he's talking to. Please keep that in mind. Yeah. All right. He's not talking to non-believers. He's warning believers. If there is no chance of you departing from the Lord, if there is no chance of you deceiving yourself, if there is no chance of Satan or the world deceiving you, why the warning? Exactly. It's real simple. You don't need a theological degree. All you do is need to use that little squirrel going around in circles up in your brain. <laughs> okay? It's real simple. The crazy thing about Jesus' letter to this church is he, goes, he, he gives them... You know, holds them accountable. He gives them the consequence. And then here in verse 6, he further acknowledges their their good attitude, their actions. Right. You know, uh, this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Right. So there a ton of encouragement for these right. people. Right. You know? They, they hated the people, uh, Nic Nicolaitans, Nicodemus, uh, conquer, Laos, the people. Okay. So they conquered over the people. Um, there's opinions whether it's Nicholas of Antioch or not or whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter who the individual is. It's a group of people. It's people who want to dominate and rule over people. People who exalt themselves over people. People that think that they have the greater authority. You see that today in society. The mm -hmm. elite of the rich, the elite people who feel they have to dominate the human race in every which way. You know, today we know the, the elite who make all the decisions and many of them being um, um, global citizens and right. mentality, they want to kill a million of people uh, per year because there's too many people. Well, that was the lie of last century that the world was overpopulated. It isn't. But they bought it for 100 years. And so now we bring it in through global warming and everything else. Now this pandemic. Isn't it interesting that Hollywood always precedes all what's gone, happened in the United States and the world. Um, they put out the first uh, movie of the first black president way before Obama was, uh, was elected. Yeah. They put out the movies. Uh, Bill Gates is one of the globalists that, uh, that would love to see millions killed all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he gave them the, the warning that we we're going to have a pandemic of two or, two or three years. How do you know that? Okay. Yeah. So we see all this stuff. So we see the evil heart of man that really brings about the evil for the destruction of man. There's two pillars that the world is functioning on right now of the elitist mm -hmm. on whatever level they're at. First is to decrease population mm -hmm. in every way, in every form, in every method. And second is to control the remaining population. And they will tell you what you can have, when you can have it, how much you can have. And that's why what's going on in our nation right now is kind of a switch and bait into socialist Marxism that is going on. Yeah. And the most critical thing that is at stake right now is the election of November. Yeah. And everything is being encouraged 
not touched, not prohibited to alter the election in November. Yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. It is. It's, it's a crazy time to live in. Yes. You know, and just grateful that the Lord, he knows what's coming. Yes. And certainly yes. the consequences of uh, this time and even the election and thereafter, we can be confident of the Lord's hand yes. upon us. As the Lord closes out the letter to the Ephesians uh, in verse 7, he exhorts them. He prevents them really, I mean, with, with an, an application and an invitation. Yes. And he has the willingness to listen. Amen. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to churches. Churches, plural. So every message, though it's here to Ephesus only, yeah. it applies to all seven. Seven churches. All the churches. So the message is individually, but corporately. And he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. So many times people hear the words, the sound, but listening indicates that you respond Amen. to what is understood. If there's danger, you turn from it and you thank the person. If it's evil, you acknowledge it and you turn from it. So it's not just hearing. To those who much is given, much more is required. If you're warned and warned and warned and instructed and you don't and you're not a doer, then there's greater judgment for you. James yeah. makes that very yeah. clear. Let there not be many masters or teachers. To them is a greater condemnation or judgment. It's important. And so the declaration is an invitation to obey what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the Spirit speaking, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit in his ministry in John 14, 15, and 16. He told the apostles there in Acts 1, 1 5, you will be baptized not many days from now. In chapter 1 of Acts, again, verse 8, it says, Tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. You will be my witness unto me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. It's the Spirit of God, the third person that does the work of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. He never speaks of himself. Amen. He never brings glory to himself. He never brings people to himself. He brings the words of Jesus to the heart of people to repent and to trust Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Great letter. Yes. Amazing Incredible. opportunity as the Lord instructs us and for people to take it to heart. Yes. And for you guys that are listening, keep your eyes on the Lord if you're a Christian. Walk with the Lord. Look to Him in every way. And make sure that your love for God is number one. Don't let any sweet, wiggly thing take you from Jesus. <laughs> Don't let no handsome guy take you away from Jesus. Don't let money or power, nothing take you away from Jesus. First the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all those things shall be added unto you as God wills. So we are content with God. We're never complacent. For he is everything, and so we trust him. So when you read the word of God, keep it as simple as you can. God bless you. Amen. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed encouraged and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. 
For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.